thoughts. Yeah. Ideas. Yeah, that's the stuff I like. People. Mm. Caravan maintenance. That's creamy. Trundle beds. Mm, get in What's it. that plastic thing doing down there? Stop it. Shut up, Renee. Don't. I don't want it. Quiche. What? Niche. What do you mean? Niche's quiche. I hope there's not any, like, any carbs or some creams in there or any animal products. No animal... Shut up, you bitches. That's only one bitch, but she's just been looped into different, like, doing different harmonies and stuff and whatnot. Hey, guys, what's going on? Guys, what's going on? I've got some big news. I've transitioned. No, I'm laying on my side, so I feel all relaxed and feminine. Uh, this podcast has, um, it's, 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 it's being, I am literally recording this on my side. I'm laying on my side in my under, I'm, and I'm not lying. It's a muggy hot day in Sydney. I'm, um, and I just didn't want to sit at the desk and I thought I'm going to set up the microphone and shit just on the side so I can just lay down in my little tiny, in my little undies and just talk to you guys with an iced coffee. Here's my iced coffee. Hear it? It's the little ice just rattling all around. Maybe I'm going to just do this whole podcast in this little voice here and just we're going to have little whispers and secrets and share trinkets with each other. <laughs> um, I'm going to have a sip. Hang on. Mm. Um, I, uh, I damaged my knee, so that's also why I need to lay on the couch. I had a fall off um, a, a, a hay bale stack. It was about oh, six hay bales high. Um, I finished wrapping. This is why the podcast didn't come out last week. I unexpectedly was cast a lot in the movie I was doing in the last week, like every single night doing night shoots until um, six or seven in the morning sometimes. It was amazing. I loved it. One of the best weeks of my life, getting to just be the idiot I am and being allowed to improvise. I, I mean, I'm not, I don't think I'm allowed to tell you what I worked on, but it's a, I, look, I think when it comes out eventually in a long time, I think it'll probably won't be, uh, maybe late next year to be out, it will be a big deal. But until then, I don't know, I, don't, I, I think I'm not allowed to, but uh, I'll find out. Look, if it turns up... Um, anywhere else i'll let you know straight away but yeah look it was i had a magical time a magical time and like it's not like i've cracked it and now i'm a big movie star i am still poor as fuck i i i it's this life this gigging actor's life i've got a plan people he's got a plan as he lays on his side in his little tiny undies playing a flute shall he make a dad salad Dad Salad. Now, Dad Salad, that was just a topic idea that was sent to me by Benjamin Johnson. So thank you, uh, Benjamin Johnson. Dad Salad set me off on a pathway. And guess what, buddy? I'm going to look through all your past emails and trawl through them because you have an exquisite way with words, sir. Um, anyway, uh, Dad Salad coming at you. Um, yeah, it was an extraordinary week. Um, and I, I've done some voiceover work and there's, you know, there's a whole, there's money coming. It is no, it's all going to be coming at the wrong time of the year after Christmas. Have yourself a very pauper's Christmas. It's going to be a poor Christmas, but I think it's going to be like that for everyone. So, um, not to fret, not to fret the bed. Don't fret the bed, Ned. What does that mean? Don't wet the bed. Sorry. Don't fret the bed. Mm, don't fret. Don't, no fret. No, what is it? Frottage. Don't frot the bed. That's an interesting little uh, pathway we went on there. I wanted to get to the word frottage, um, which is, uh, if you don't know what frottage is, most of you will, it's when you um, you push yourself against a stranger. Um, and I don't think they'd like it. Uh, so if someone pushed past me and they... You know when... Um, <laughs> this makes me giggle, because I actually... I did a whole show years ago called The Incident with a uh, great comic called Dave Quirk. And the whole incident was about him. He was working in a shop and I was the customer and he pushed past me way too intimately. So he grabbed me by both hips and pushed himself past me when he didn't need to to get past. And I didn't like it, so I wanted to make a complaint. That was the basis of the whole show. It was very funny. Uh, and that was the incident when uh, it was frottage. Um, anyway, we got there. Uh, fret, don't fret the bed. Uh, fret, wet the bed. Frottage, frottage, fret. Anyway, there you go. Um, yeah, so look, a really wonderful, got a good, God, it was a good week. I, it just felt great. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I was driven there in limos. I made my own way there in my little, my uh, my mother-in-law's little Hyundai i20. 
just you know pummeling along the highway for miles out of town uh, very dangerous mind you to be driving yourself home after you know you know performing and shooting for 12 hours at seven o'clock in the morning but that's okay it was um it was just the best i loved it and i learned i learned so much about i guess what would you, what do you call it i guess tenacity and dedication to something you love the thing that blew my fucking mind were the dancers so it's a, it's a musical this thing um don't let that put put you off by the, by the way i saw willy wonka i saw willy wonka and uh, the new one the new wonka it was amazing it wasn't, it wasn't amazing but it was really good definitely not as good as the original um willy wonka and the chocolate factory but it was good it was really good all the characters were fantastic the wonka character was fine it was no Gene um, Wilder, but it was, you know, it was, it, it, re- it did the job and I really enjoyed it. There were certain things that were really funny. Some of the actors were amazing. The the guy from Peep Show uh, who plays the boss, oh my God, he was, he, he was the winner for me. He stood out. And also um, Hugh Grant as a, uh, an Oompa Loompa was really funny, like a really disgruntled, nonchalant <laughs> Oompa Loompa. We loved it. I went there with the kids and it was, yeah, it was a really great day. I loved it, loved it. So um, I thoroughly recommend um, that. If you if you like the original, you won't be hurt by this. But I mean, maybe you will because like real, you know, real diehards of stuff. Like I enjoyed the, re- not the remake, but the extra bit of Blade Runner they made. I liked it. I thought it was good. I mean, it was definitely wasn't as good as the first, but I liked it joining on. Um, Star Wars films, couldn't give a fuck. They're all been screwed pretty much since it, but except for the prequel ones by George Lucas, which are kind of good. Um, I actually listened to during the week as well, whilst I was doing these long drives. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I've listened to a couple of Joe Rogan episodes, um, may, only because of the people who were on. And I was, everyone's saying, hey, you have to listen to the Kanye one. He's not that mad. And I've always been convinced that Kanye West is mental. And look, he's not. He's just got a really brilliantly weird way of thinking. And, uh, I, so I listened to him on the Joe Rogan podcast and I, I loved him by the end of it. You know, he's he's not all there, but he's definitely a genius and his brain works in a certain way. I think Joe Rogan maybe got four words in for the entire interview, but uh, I quite enjoyed listening to that. That was, that was good. Um, anyway, back to the movie. So basically you've got singers and you've got dancers and I read the discipline these people have. Oh my goodness. It's just extraordinary. So, I'm talking about we're doing we're doing a, a finale, a scene that was in the rain. So we had a massive like rain machine maker above us. It's basically a giant sprinkler, um, up about you know 40 feet high, and it just pummels down rain on you. And you have to do we started doing that at midnight because um, it was a night shoot, and I think we wrapped the rain scenes at close to five o'clock in the morning. And we did multiple, multiple takes. Now, I, I didn't have to dance. I just had to move weird and be what I am. Just be weird. Um, that's how I did had a hay bale injury um, at five o'clock in the morning. I was dry humping, well, wet humping by that stage because the, the hay bales were so sodden. Um, I was uh, wet humping a hay bale and I fell off the stack, uh, which I got on camera and they were very happy with. Um, but anyway, uh, the, the dancers, this is the thing. They just want to fucking dance. They lived to dance. And there was like an 82-year-old dancer there. Can't remember her name, bless her. She was amazing. But they lived to dance. They love it. They love to dance. I couldn't believe how much they loved to dance. Who on the would have been at least the 15th take at four o'clock in the morning? The, the the ground is sodden. It's mud. And they're like, we're going for another take. And it was like Hillsong. They're like, yeah! Just like we're getting into another one. I just could not believe the it was like I was talking about when I went to visit Sean and Marley I hope that stuff comes out very soon by the way oh, I can't wait for you guys to see it but um it was it was like tonic to watch these dancers just love to dance <laughs> it was so it was just such a great thing it was inspiring the singers were annoying because they're always having a sing um and they're always out singing each other singing seems quite competitive I guess dancing is competitive as well, but I guess if you're working in a duo, well, I guess it's an ensemble. You have to work together, so you're only as good as each other. Singers can be quite competitive, especially like the Mariah ones. Like, yeah, yeah, you're going to hell, all that type of shit. 
that was always constantly going on. So I found that kind of annoying. Um, it's similar to in uh, uh, Midnight at the Oasis in um, uh, Lost in Translation. Um, when Bill Murray has that one night stand with the jazz singer with the red hair. And he wakes up in the morning. She's already singing. Because she's a singer. So, Midnight at the... I'm just like, oh, fuck. Um, that really annoys me. Um, people with, with like semi-decent voices breaking into song constantly. Fuck off. Um, so, they were kind of annoying. But but they love it. They love to sing. The dancers love to dance. The singers love to sing. What the fuck do the actors do, though? They just sit around and bitch about each other on their INDB pages. That's what they do. They talk about what they've been doing, where they're going, and how good they are. That's what they fucking do. Um, but they're also, at the same time, um, there's other actors within that that don't do that, who are just lovely. Um, as for comedians... I've got lots of shows coming up, though, guys. It's really... Look, touch wood. I seem to be going okay at the moment. I still haven't fallen off the wagon, and I've finally had some work come in. I am still looking for a real job, but I've got a plan. He's got a plan, Jan. Um, I will. What did I? Where did I just go to then? I just went to somewhere that could have been good to stick around and talk about. Should play something and edit myself out there. All right, I'm going to play something. I'll be back in a minute. All right, I've got a plan, Jan. Seventeen. Dun 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 Nimi nimi nyum nyum nyami nimi nyum nyum nimi nimi nyum nyum nyami nimi nyum So the uh I think the highlight of our holidays is gonna be it's a full home Christmas, so we're hanging in Maroubra. Um, I'm going to help my mother-in-law with all the cooking because she gets all, you know, it's a typical thing. She gets all stressed out about it. I'm like, oh, the potatoes. We call her Mary Not Enough Potatoes. That's my nickname for her because she never makes enough potatoes for any occasion. There's just not enough potatoes. It's like, it, it's potatoes. We're not, it's not the Second World War. We're not rationing. Have extra potatoes. So good, uh, good old Mary Not Enough Potatoes is going to have me at her side. I will be doing, uh, I don't know what I'll be doing. I'll be making whatever she asks me to make. I'll bring my own little spicy little spicy little dishes and whatnot. Um, but that's going to be, yeah, that's my Christmas. But the highlight will be that we get to look after a kitten, a little bur a cross between a Burmese and a Siamese, a little tiny Eamese or whatever they are. Uh, we're going to be kitten sitting. So <laughs> that's cute. We're going to be sitting a kitten uh, for a week, which uh, my little girl is so excited about. And it's a great cat. It's not like one of those skittish, like, shit cats. It's it's just a better cat because it's Asian. Uh, <laughs> well, I think, I think they're more socialized cats, basically. So this little kitten has just been picked up and manhandled by children its entire life. So it just loves it. So whenever it finds a, a, a gentle adult that just wants to, like, just hold it and cuddle it it just loves you so that's going to be a really really lovely week we'll see how we go we live near a busy road it's not allowed out the flat um which is going to be hard during the summer and heat with windows and letting air in but we'll work it out um but i'm really excited his name's Noki. oh hello Noki. where are you um and there's also another cat in this flat that's about the same age another little kitten so hopefully they'll get together and they'll just bloody muck around and procreate I doubt, I doubt they're neutered by these. Oh, no, they would be. Anyway, um, yeah, so I've got lots of shows coming up, which is really fun. So I can't, I, look, I, all over the place. Lithgo, all the big places. <laughs> I can't believe I went with Lithgo first. Lithgo <laughs> in, um, I think that's in February. No, in April. Wyong, 
which um, which I did Wyong last year and I loved it. I did it around last time, this time last year. That Central Coast. Uh, so if you are down on the Central Coast, which there's a lot of people on the Central Coast, that's in I think late January. Uh, Orange got all the bloody big ones. Orange uh, um, at Tom Gleason's brother's room. It's an amazing room. It's uh, the factory. The Factory Espresso. The Factory Espresso in orange. Um, and that will be around... I don't even know when that'll be either. I'll put all the information up somewhere. I might even just put it in my um, link to the podcast. I should have a website, but I don't. Um, and I don't want to. Because there's enough things to do already. Um, and yet Adelaide, of course, for the full month. Selling sausages. Sizzling away. Um, also making my uh, my delicious uh, vegan Japanese uh, potato salad sandwiches. Sounds fucking awful, but they're actually amazingly delicious. And uh, what else will I be doing there? I wanted to try and do some type of like frozen alcohol super duper thing, but I think I'd probably get in, in trouble with the authorities because it might look too, like, too much like a lolly, an ice lolly for children. In fact, probably I should just get rid of that right now, that thought, but um, yeah. It's a, kind of a bit easier to get uh, an alcohol license in um, Adelaide. Maybe I shouldn't be selling that, though, if I've had a problem with the stuff in the past. He's had a bloody problem in the past. was already had. Hey, guys, so I've I bought a spy camera. And I only bought it because we've had... Re- I've told you about this in the past. We've had a, a neighbour that's just been foul. Like a, just a disgusting human. Uh, I, I mean, just... Yeah, anyway, I'm not going to denigrate him or the other person as well, but they're, they're, they're finally moving out, which is wonderful. But the thing is, we've always had this notice board in the hallway. So it's a shared space, it's a community communal notice board, and it's always, he, you know, he stuck up a note, really big, bold letters, quiet in the hallways, like he owns the building or he's... I mean, who did... He didn't ask us, can we put that up? He just put it up because he's thought, you know, I'm, I'm the head of the strata or whatever bullshit it is, which he's not anymore. So he's on the way out. Um, and I think we're having a trouble getting a key to the notice board, but it's not hard. This is one of those notice boards. You put any key in, you can just kind of shift it and it'll open. But my little girl has drawn a picture of um, all the people in the building, not the bad guy. Actually, though, put in the bad guy's dog. So she's not that bad. We're not that bad. And it's a Merry Christmas, like, lovely thing just to put on the notice board just to get a bit of a nice vibe in the place because it has been horrific. Um, thing is, I reckon, because he's... the the I guess the, the sale's not settled yet, so he's not actually moved out. I reckon he's going to, as he has in the past, I reckon he's going to rip it off a hand-drawn picture by a little girl. I have a feeling he's going to rip it off the notice board and tear it up. And I want to catch him in the act if he does, because I think that's the. And it just. I mean, I'm, this, I'm mad. This is all in my head as to with this, whether this would happen, and whether this person, or if this person, I'm, I'm using whether wrong, uh, if this person is that evil or not, or whether it's all just in my mind. Um, but I wanted to set up a little spy camera. I don't know whether I can though. Um, with legally in a shared space, whether I, if I can. Why am I getting paranoid about whether and if? Uh, if I can actually set it up or not. I don't know. He's a lawyer, so maybe I'll get in real trouble. I just, yeah, I really want to put it up there to make the, the place feel better. But I'm worried. I'm worried. Um, send me an email if you know. Hey, by the way, to everybody who sent emails that I have not responded to for a month, I'm really sorry. It's because I've been really busy and I've read them all. And I will, there's people who have offered to... Um, record with me live. I'll just get you on the phone and we'll um, talk to each other live. We will do that. I think it's Carly. I'll get back to you. I promise. I promise. Someone else as well. And there's lots of voice messages. They're all going to come soon. But it's been such a uh, furiously busy, you know, pre-period to Christmas and having to finally work. Oh, oh, to finally work, but to then only get paid three months later because you're in the arts industry. Thank goodness. Um, God, happy for any work. So happy to get work. Uh, yeah, so... I'm on my side in the underpants Sweating on the couch My balls are slimy um, I'm not... T- sorry, uh, that, you didn't need that. Uh, I have a funny co- code of conduct story. So I was in the makeup trailer on this film and I think I said something off-colour. It was funny, though. Not to the point where... <laughs> Not to the point where you'd be outraged, but there was an actress in there that I wasn't sure of. Turns out, legend. She's great. 
and really funny. But I said something slightly off colour and she didn't look like she laughed, but it's, she's getting makeup put on, so she's not allowed to <laughs> move her face. It, the weird thing was, after I'd said the off colour thing, I think it was really funny. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I, I can't remember it now. My, I got a message on my phone within a minute after I'd left the um, the trailer from the head of the um, the movie department saying I have to sign a, co- a code of conduct form immediately, which is basically you don't um, say offensive things on set or denigrate. I, said, I know that you guys say that I say denigrate people. I say denigrate too much, apparently, because I was denigrated as a child. I was denigrated constantly. And then I was desecrated into coconut. I'm a denigrated coconut. Um, I immediately, this thing pinged, like, you've got to do this right now. I was like, oh my God, I've offended everyone. So I went back in. I was like, guys, did, if I just said anything offensive, I'm really, really sorry. And everyone's like, what? Um, it was just complete coincidence. Absolute coincidence. Because I rang then the head of the movie. And I said, did I, did I do something? He's like, no. What are you talking about? No, we just sent them out just then. I was like, oh. Um, but that moment in your head, just like, because we live in a time of just cancellation and everyone's in fear and all this shit. Oh, I went to a weird place. Um, thinking I was about to get sacked. And anyway, ugh. blah, 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 blah. Uh, yes, yeah, so, yeah, it's fun. It's been a fun, a fun bit. You know, Christmas coming up and... A lot of must, a lot of must and mold around my place, so that my um my dehumidifier, dehumidifier, dehumiliator. That's what I need, a dehumiliator. How you going there? I'm feeling pretty shameful. You need a dehumiliator. Um, my dehumidifier uh, has been working overtime. Humidifier working overtime. Um, so yeah, really just musty and yucko. So I've, I've done a lot of cleaning of my basement downstairs and getting rid of stuff, getting it all night fresh and Christmassy. Our Christmas tree is beautiful. It's hot pink. My partner got it off a movie set, um, and it's gorgeous. So we got a hot pink Christmas tree and it looks really pretty. And I've been really clever and, and, um, financially fiscal with Christmas shopping. So all year I've been popping into a chain called TK Maxx. I'd love to get sponsored at some point on the podcast. Just a little ad pops in or read. I'd rather do reads. Um, anyway, TK Maxx is like this chain that sells kind of good quality products that have not sold very well at a reduced price. So the, there's lots of toys there, but they're super cheap and they're a little bit shit, but they're still good. Do you know, do you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like quality brands like Lego. Um, anyway, so I've been I've been going there all year, just grabbing little things when I can for fifteen bucks. So I've got a nice little. St- I mean, I'm not one of those parents who goes ballistic with like mountains of toys because I think that's a pretty gross thing to do to a kid. But she's got a nice little stash going on under the, under the house, which I'm very excited for. Not for the wrapping part of it. I'm a shit rapper, but you don't have to be a good rapper. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Well, I might play. Should I play something here? No, maybe. I'll... Maybe I won't. No, maybe I'll bloody talk about this guy. This is a guy called Otani Shishawa. Let me look it up. I want to get it right. Uh, Otani. He's a Japanese baseballer. This is extraordinary. This guy. So I don't really care about sport, but when I heard this, I was kind of blown away. Here we go. Ot- yeah. Shohei Otani. Yeah. Shohei Otani. He just signed a deal with the um, LA Dodgers. He was an LA Angel, but he just signed it. He's 29 years old. You've got to get your head around this. This is this is what's wrong with the world. But also at the same time, I'm not disparaging of the, the talent this guy has because apparently he's so such a good pitcher, which uh, for, for the lay people out there, throwing a ball. He's such a good pitcher, throwing balls, but he's also such a good hitter, wax the balls. He, um, he, he's a hitter and a pitcher, but he's br- like at the top level of both, which is unheard of. He's known as a unicorn of, um, of baseball. I think I've been saying basketball, but it's baseball. But he signed a deal. Oh, and this is where it is, it is revolting. I think he's now the highest paid sports person in the world. I didn't even think people even really like baseball. I knew the Japanese did. Also, the thing is that he's a, like a, a native from Japan as well, which is when I say na- native sounds wrong. Like he's a Japanese man standing there with a spear saying ooga booga. Uh, I think you can say that now. I don't know what you can fucking say anymore. 
Um, let's look. Let's look exactly where he's from. Hokkaido. Yeah, Hokkaido. The the is he? He's from. Does it matter? All I know is he got seven hundred million dollars. Seven hundred million dollars for ten years. Seventy million a year. It's just not right. I mean, it doesn't matter how good you are at hitting or throwing a ball. It's just not right. I don't. I just don't. Anyway, but I, at the same time, I was like, "Oh, good on you. You're Japanese." <laughs> like this weird part of me is like, "Well, you know, that's good. It's not like it's just another like a Tom Brady or something." I do know a little bit about my look. I don't really like my sports, but I do. I, look, I'm a closet bogan. I think I am. I think you guys have worked that out by now. I do like it just a little tiny bit, just a little bit. Um, there is something about like a you know. A, I think uh, like a Japanese boy coming from regional Japan to become the greatest thing ever to happen to baseball. Anyway, I don't know whether that's interesting to anyone, but it's interesting to me. <laughs> uh, speaking of money and shit, uh, do you ever get like, so I rock up at school in the, I've got a strange relationship with one. There's a couple of parents at my school. One I worked out was just odd. The music man. And he's nice though. But another one's just been hard. It's been really hard. But I've had a bit of recently a bit of car judgment, like just like I'm rocking up in my my mother-in-law's i20, and I'm just I just and it's, it's it's parental, and I feel really awful about it because I remember that feeling of growing up poor when I was a kid, and being ashamed of my mother pulling up in our Ford Escort. And I'd be like, oh, and I remember I lied once and said something like, oh, no, we've got a, we've got a Range Rover at home. We should just drive that to school. Um, because I lived in a kind of, uh, well, I went to a school in a kind of a posh area in Adelaide called Brighton, which is a little Brighton. It's a bit posh, kind of like in Melbourne. Um, and yeah, everyone had better cars and stuff like that. And I just, I, I just don't want my little girl, I want it to be sheltered from that before I can afford to buy a Porsche. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I just don't want it to go through that or just I mean I think there's something cool about driving around in a shit box um, especially if you like you know if I saw Ben Mendelsohn driving a shit box I'd be like good on you man that's really cool or Carl Stefanovic driving a shit box um, Lisa Wilkinson just driving a shit box it's like yeah you're being clever with your money uh, but yeah there's just a, a little bit of like there's a bit of show that goes on at school, but I think that year's leaving, so I'm kind of happy. That's the year twos, they're out. So hopefully there'll be... But there's always going to be that comparative stuff, the, the haves and the haves nots. <laughs> um, okay. What do you have? What do you have not? Have not hot? I will play you something now. We'll play you something now. I'll play you something now. Um, I'm enjoying doing this podcast on my side. <laughs> Um, that's me playing my flute on my side and shit. Okay, uh, playing something now, back in a minute. Yeah, I'm looking for like a statue of like a naked Jamaican or a little monkey writing a letter. Anything like that, or a little naked Jamaican. A nude Rastafarian. Little statue? Someone told me there's a little statue of little nude Rastafarians. Oh, the is like She knows? About a monkey writing a letter. Monkey right now? Don't have or just or maybe writing manuscript. In the middle on the right? Yeah. Looking for a little, that guy sent me a little statue of like a little nude Jamaican guy. A little naked Jamaican guy. Or a little monkey in a hat writing a letter. Monkey of a hat? Monkey in a hat writing a letter. You missed a toy? Well, no, like a statue, like you can keep. A monkey, little monkey in a hat, like a fez hat, just writing yeah. a letter really quickly. No. Looks like he's frantically writing. No, we don't have to. Nude Rastafarian. It's like a little monkey writing a letter for someone. You've been Mother's Day shopping with Sam Simmons. Sam Simmons! Send attention whoever you are. I've been thinking about, uh, this is just an idea, but apparently Australia has the longest, I might have mentioned this before, but I've been in deeper thought about it. Australia apparently has the longest waiting times for traffic lights on the planet, on average. And I don't know, there's, there's a certain thing where I feel like at every traffic light now, and I think that now when I put this in your head, either you already, th you already think this, but if you haven't had this thought, you're not going to like me for it. 
every traffic light now, to me, it started to feel like it's taking away a little bit more of my life. Like it's a, you know, like sand through an hourglass, that this is wasted time. And I'm not saying chaos on the roads and just let us all go. Roundabouts, yes. Just fucking indicate. Roundabouts, yes. But there's something about the length of time. It's just enough time, the traffic lights in Australia, to really contemplate your life in a negative way. Do you know what I mean? There's something in the amount of time that you're sitting there that you it, it gives you just enough time to really think to yourself, not only like, geez, this is taking a long time, but that's that even that point when you think to yourself, geez, this is taking a long time, you realize that that time's gone. And it's slowly eating away at what time you have. <laughs> there's a big there's a big question here about these traffic lights and what they're actually doing to us. Or I mean it's all like, you know, I mean it's I can't say it's conspiracy based. Some I just don't understand. Like some I'm just like, I don't understand when do I get a go? It's like it reminds me of the time when I read there's a pie shop in Chapel Street in Paran in Melbourne and I used to really like it because they did a spaghetti bolognese pie which sounds awful but it was delicious because they actually had penne pasta in it which doesn't make sense because it was called a spaghetti bolognese pie it was very very nice and there was a bechamel it was a wonderful pie um, and I remember trying to get into the pie shop one day and I really wanted that pie because I wanted to eat a pie because I was hungry for a spaghetti bolognese pie and every time I used to, and it was one of the it had streamers on the front door you know those um those heavy flaps that you go through uh so flies don't go in not the light streamers the kind of heavy flappy ones and every time it's like when you uh you have to not not merge what's it called when uh when, when you let someone pass you um yield when you have to yield your car to let another car pass down a road it was a pie shop yield so one would go in one would come out but Every time I went to go and someone had come out, then I'd go to go in again, someone had come out. Then I go, and it happened probably six fucking people and I was really hungry and I really, really wanted that pie. And then I stood in the middle of the street and I, I yelled out, why did I get a fucking pie? Everybody else gets a fucking pie. And I looked really mental and I couldn't go in the pie shop. Um, I don't know what that was relating to me. Yes, that's the, that's the feeling I'm getting with traffic lights now. And I don't know whether it, maybe this is something that happens to you in older age where you don't just go with the flow anymore. I guess in your older age, you're like, oh God, let me just stay at the traffic light longer. But there's something about, especially right now where I feel like time is slipping away, that the traffic lights are stealing some, the very essence of me away from me. If that's a thing that you can grapple with. Because it is, it's mine, but you're taking it. You're a, you're a fucking machine with a light in it and you're taking it away from me. It's time to stand up, people. It's time for an uprising. It's time for... I don't know. I don't know what it's time for. Time to maybe, like, just assemble yourself a, a little dad salad. That's what it's time for. Mm, yeah, dad salad. Let's put everything in the fridge in it. Mm. I may actually made a uh, pretty awful... Uh, potato salad last night just uh, uh, my partner said she felt like a uh, potato salad and I was like I, I will be happy to make you potato salad <laughs> but I didn't put much, an, enough love in there and she let me know it she let me know and that's fine yeah 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 have I told you about the favorite stick it's a fun game for kids favorite stick where you um you you say to your kid hey I'll give you 50 cents if you can go find my favourite stick. And then they go off into the forest or the park and they go look for the stick and they come back and they're like, is this it? And you're like, nah, that's not my favourite one. Get out there and look for another one. Um, it's a fun way to occupy the kids for hours. Favourite stick. Um, you guys can have that. You can have that for Christmas. You can go tell, your, you tell your, 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 your loved ones at the Christmas table that you made it up. I don't mind. Totally cool by me. As you're sitting there assembling your dad's salad. Mm. I'm just going to pop a little cherry tomato there and just a romaine leaf. And then I think I am going to put a little bit of alfalfa, mustard bean alfalfa. Thank you very much. I love alfalfa, by the way. One of my favorite things is a uh, salad sandwich. This is, this is weird. It does feel uh, somewhat sexual laying on my side in my underpants, just hearing my voice 
coming back to me in my, in my ears in my headphones like this feels pretty good but especially when i say let's let's assemble a dad salad uh i don't know what i'm doing now um does anybody know about albie mangles albie mangles now albie mangles was a he was like an australian he was a crocodile dundee but before crocodile dundee there were more women involved in a promiscuous way um, so basically he'd be traveling around in a Jeep and there'd always be like someone next to like a poor lady next to him, um, in a gold bikini and he'd be discovering things and doing dangerous stuff. It was all set up. It was all staged. I think he was in the Kalahari once and he said he was in the middle of the nowhere. And in the background of one of the shots, you literally saw a car go past. Very funny. So it was called, uh, Albie Mangles Adventure Bound fascinating stories uh that he'd be telling that were all manufactured he had a golden mullet of blonde hair handsome and he would what he was he was like a, a touring you know the guys that's that um sell the snake venom he'd go from town to town doing screenings of his films he's albie albie mangles adventure bound eventually they'd end up on tally that's where i saw them but he'd tour them around the country to every single community hall and he'd make money from them and everyone would be like, oh my God, it's Albie Mangles. Now there's got to be a space for that to be a movie. Oh my goodness. And also the Mushroom Lady. Oh, the Mushroom Lady. I've already started writing it. I'm just writing everything I can down about it. It just, it just is the, it's a story that just keeps on giving. But I also think Albie Mangles, there's got to be something in that. I don't know how his life ended up. Maybe someone out there, someone, someone I don't know, maybe may know a little bit more about him than I do. Uh, I don't know that much, to be honest with you. But maybe he's like, someone's like, oh my God, Albie Mangles, that's, that is the one. Yeah, there, there's definitely got to be something in that story because it's a, it's a fascinating story of a shyster, basically a showman who faked all these adventures and snake wrangling and tigers and baboons, all this fake stuff, um, kind of a little bit, imagine a more adventurous swashbuckling, um, that Glenn Robbins character, um, Wallaby Jack, not Wallaby Jack, you know the guy I'm thinking of, Wallaby Jack was, um, that was the guy of the D-Generation, uh, oh, I can't remember his name, uh, I, I mean I kind of aspire to do an Albie Mangles type thing with a character called Mur Murray Foote, which is the Urban Monkey. And if, you, if you, you're new to this podcast or you don't really know me, do look up the Urban Monkey with Murray Foote on YouTube and you can see a young me playing basically my version of an Albie Mangles. Um, oh, it's Glenn Robbins. I can't remember the name of the character. Bloody hell, I have to stop because it's really annoying me. Russell Coit. Uh, wonderful name. I mean, Coit. I think if you are listening overseas, you wouldn't know what a Coit is. That's your, that's your farter. It's your dot. It's your date. It's your bum hole. So, oh, stick it up your coit. I'm pretty sure that's your coit. I might have to look, I might look into that in the deep dive after I do the actual deep dive. Coit. Shove it up your coit, mate. Uh, yes, but go check out Murray Foote. Uh, Urban Monkey with Murray Foote if you are unaware and you'll see what I mean about Elby. Or even just look up Elby Mangles. It's ridiculous. There was a real slew, 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 slew. That's an interesting one as well. Slew, which I imagine is uh, S-L-E-W. A slew of adventure men types. It was Vic Hiss Hislop. Um, there was the, the Leyland brothers. They were adventurers as well. Travel over Australia. Um, there was um, oh, there was an outback bushman as well. Oh, the Bush Tucker Man. He was a good one. He was a former, um, I think, commando or something. There was a real gentle one that used to just live in the bush who had a beard as well. I don't know. But anyway, um, I think there's got to be something in a, in a documentary like that. I mean, I'm, I, I, I feel like I'm getting a little... I'm just tearing my way since COVID. And... Um, oh, jeez. That was an ominous uh, car horn just then. I haven't got my sound boothing stuff up because it's, it's kind of quiet at the moment because it's pre-Christmas. So I didn't have to booth the windows. Um, I feel like I'm slowly clawing my way back from, you know, falling over mentally in my mind and COVID and all that stuff to a place where I can go, hey, remember me? Do you want to try and make something fun? Um, I'm slowly getting there. My confidence isn't there yet, but it's 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 getting there slowly, slowly, slowly. But um, yes, I think LB Mangles is a, a bloody stunning, it's a stunning place to get to. All right, I am going to get ready for our deep dive. It's going to be on Bohemian Grove, which I knew nothing of, but um, I've been fascinated to learn more and more about. All right, I'll see you in a minute.
Uh, did you want sugar in your coffee? Two thanks. Oh, I thought you'd be sweet enough. Yeah, not when I hit the elderly with rocks. You're a f***ing dick. Okay, this is, uh, this is all, okay, Bohemian Grove. Now, I think this is like a real conspiracy theorist delight. This is a real place, so it's a ranch. Or a ranch, a uh, restricted area, so it's, it's been completely restricted. Uh, it was a campground at Bohemian Avenue in Monte Rio, California, United States, belonging to a private San Francisco-based gentleman's club known as the Bohemian Club. Hmm. In mid-July each year, Bohemian Grove hosts a more than a two-week encampment of some of the most prominent men in the world. Yes, it's going to get really weird. The Bohemian Club's all-male membership includes artists and musicians, as well as many prominent business leaders, government officials, former US presidents, senior media executives, and people of power. Many may invited uh, guests to the Grove. Guests may, may be invited to the Grove for either the spring, the spring jinx. It gets weird. It gets really weird. I hope this article is going to really point to it. So like Nixon was there. I hope it points to some of the really weird stuff that happens there. Uh, okay, so the Bohemian Club members can schedule private day use events at the Grove anytime. It is not being used for club or purposes. So basically, although female and minor guests must be uh, off the property by 9 or 10 p.m. Okay, I wonder what they're doing there. After 40 years of membership, the old guard status uh, giving the team reserve... Uh, anyway, they opened it up to women. So basically... What has happened before this? This was a club that was started and then turned into a scurrilous society. I think I've got this right, and I hope I've got this right, or they're going to come and get me. What they would start to do is men of power were put into weird situations. So this is the hazing kind of stuff that we're going in fraternities where um, you go to join a fraternity in the US and they'll spank you. Or they'll shame you, they'll do something to you, or hog tie you. Weird shit. Weird shit to shame you. And a lot of times, there's photographs taken, and this stuff is used against you later in life. And that's what happened at Bohemian Grove. So apparently there were um, former presidents that were being uh, rogered and all sorts of things. Someone would take a photo that was used against them. So they'd be so drugged, and basically people would get really high on drugs at night then certain ones that are higher and certain ones that were lower, whatever situation you're in, because you didn't know when you're invited, first of all, basically you're drugged and then humiliating things were done to you and then those pictures were used as evidence against you so that then when you climbed your career path and trajectory and if you got to president, you were then held to account by these powerful people because they had something to destroy you. <gasps> isn't that amazing? And this is not like, I'm not just making this up. This is stuff that's out there. And I just thought to myself, is it, is it, does that happen here? Is there one in Canberra in Australia? Like near the, is the CSIRO not about plants, fruits and vegetables and nuts, but more about your, the other nuts, your, your bloody, your testicles and, and weird things and bloody, oh, look, I've got a photo of a Fanta bottle that in that man's clacker. Who's that? John Howard. Anyway, it's just, I find this about, and I love that it's called Spring Jinx. Goodness me. They had heavy security. It's just extraordinary. And the symbolism's quite paganistic. It's just, wow-wee-woo-wa. I love this stuff. Um, if people know more about this stuff and they'd like to enlighten me, I love conspiracies. I love all this stuff. I was in Amsterdam during a very, uh, the, the, Bilderbricks, the Brick to Builds, the Bilderbergs. Yes, the Bilderberg Summit, I think it's called. Hang on a minute, I've got a fact check, got to have a little fact check. Have yourself a fact check. Mm, he's heading into some dangerous territory on this podcast, people. The Bilderberg Meeting, yeah, known as the Bilderberg Club, uh, is an annual off-the-record forum established in 1954 to foster dialogue between Europe and North America. But the Bilderbergs are actually a very wealthy family, I believe. The group's agenda originally to prevent another world war is now defined as bolstering a consensus around a free market and Western capitalism. Okay, so it's bad. It, no matter what, even though it says not against war... Mm, Lockheed Martin. Oh, the Lockheed bribery scandals. The Bilderbergs. It's bad. It's bad stuff, people. It's bad. Ah! Ah! I just got... Ah, I just got shot in the neck by a Bilderberg. Um, yeah, the Lockheed Martin, who are the gun builders. Anyway, there's, I'm sure there's people who listen to this podcast who know way more. 
I'm just all I'm doing here is just lifting the uh, I'm just lifting the lid on the yogurt. You know the little the little tin lid. I don't think they even have them anymore. Yeah, they do. Little foil lid. And I'm just lifting the lid on the yogurt and I've just licked the top. That's all I've done. I haven't even got to the bottom of the yogurt where there's that weird berry compote, which is the real the real meat, <laughs> the real guts of the uh, of the conspiracies that happen. If you are mental and you know a lot of conspiracies, please get in contact with me. I absolutely love them. Here's the conspiracy theories about it. The secrecy of the proceedings has not led to very criticism oh no sorry has not only led to very criticism of the group and its activities across the political spectrum but also to a number of conspiracy theories which has grown especially popular within political movements although the different factions of theorists often disagree about the exact nature of the group's intentions oh no don't bring on the happy music I want to talk some more some on the left or left specific political affiliations accuse the Bilderberg group of either covertly imposing a less organised manner of generally propping up capitalist domination, corporate power, while some have accused the group of imposing or helping and preparing the way for a world government or a globe planned economy. Um, I don't know why I did that. Um, so, I went well though. So the right-wing theorists tend to treat the group as a central uh, directorate or planning arm of the conspiracy, or at least attribute considerable importance of its role. So basically, about a planned economy. If that, I mean, if that's a universal income, that's I mean that's problematic, but maybe not problematic in the future. Anyway, this is God. What am I doing? What has this podcast turned into? He's gone. He's gone off the bloody. He's gone off his bloody chopper. Oh, hang on. Now there's bad people in there. Nigel Farage was there. That guy's a joke. Okay. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, there's just a lot of stuff. And it doesn't matter. I'm going down a wormhole. This is a bad wormhole. Anyway, um, hey, you little bastards. I hope you have a wonderful uh, a wonderful week full of joy and, and stuff. And I will speak to you before Christmas. I will do a potty before Christmas. Um, thanks for letting me have a little delay while I finally, finally got to earn. Still doesn't hit my bank account, any of it. It's been so rough... I've been, just to get some groceries every now and then, I have to pull on Patreon, just the little inklings of, inklings of coin in there, which is, um, sad, but very, I'm very, very, um, thankful, thank you, thank you, thank you, if you are supporting, thank you, thank you, it's, it, you don't realise how much it actually does mean, um, and yeah, all the content I make, just know that it's, it's really for you, oh, that's right, that's right, my special thing that I'm going to do for Patreon, which I am going to do for my Patreon people, is my my Joy Boy podcast, which is about every every good boy deserves fruit, which is a, a podcast about nice things that goes for five minutes every day. You guys are going to get it first. That's uh, that's my promise to you guys. You guys need to get something special apart from a tea towel. Um, and and for tea towel people waiting, there's a shipment coming from China. So you'll get them soon. But uh, if you are on there, yes, you, you are going to be the first. Not only a tea towel and another new tea towel next year. New design. Um, but also you'll get first access to my little Joy Boy podcast, Every Good Boy Deserves Fruit, which is just good news, things to make you feel good, delivered every day, five minute long. Um, this is my, it's not just my new year's resolution. It's my new, my new, new resolution. It's my new, new resolution. It's maroon and thing. Sorry, I sound like a deaf person then. Um, I didn't mean to. And I did not mean to offend. All right. Weird way to end it. All right. Love you all. Have a wonderful week. Um, make yourself a dad salad. See you later, Benjamin Johnson. Bye. <laughs>
never do anything wrong. Now he does snake hips the whole day long. And my canary has circles under his eyes. His only pals are the yellow lark and just a tiny sparrow. But I'm afraid when he's in the park, he leaves the straight and narrow. I've raised this bird in a manner so strict, yet I've got a feeling I'm being tricked, cause my canary has circles under his eyes. And he hasn't any girlfriends that I'm certain of, but he sings, what is this thing called love, since my canary has circles under his eyes. Birds of a feather, the old story goes, but love is something that nobody knows. My poor canary has circles under his eyes. Perhaps he's worried, the poor little lamb. He always looks so solemn. I wonder if he's in a jam. I'll have to look up Mr. Swapper's column. He's never cheerful. He's lost all his dash. Must have been caught in the Wall Street crash. Cause my canary has circles under his eyes. <laughs> when I observe him, it's making me think he may be taking to dope or drink. Cause my canary has circles under his eyes. Maybe he's got secret sorrow or strife. Maybe he's leading a double life. <laughs> Cause my canary has circles under his eyes. I can't imagine him going wrong or doing something shady. Perhaps he's just worn out through singing songs to some canary lady. I fed him birdseed, but now it denotes that birdseed must have been wild, wild oats. Cause my canary has circles under his eyes.